When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside At The Races and Sky Sports Racing Pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello! And after that rather excessive hello, uh, it's the return of Mr. Irish Field himself, Roy Delargy. And Irish Daily Star. And Irish Daily Star as well yeah. for all the top tips in racing. I presume the yeah, ad goes something along those lines. That's what the Irish so Daily Star is. Far and Star. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be something like that. Uh, huge disappointment in that Underso doesn't run. Boo. So we've got the prospect of 10 to 1 on shot, Altior, galloping around, uh, remaining unbeaten as Fox Norton and Diego de Charmel scrap it out for second place in the Clarence House chase. Uh, Rory, we're not really going to learn a whole lot about Altior here other than he's still alive. And let's hope he remains that way through the weekend. Absolutely, 100%. Um, yeah, it's a, it, there's not um, there's not any great appeal to the race, or, you know, un, unless and indeed, why wouldn't you? Uh, you want to turn up and see him in the flesh, um, which is always always fairly exciting. But given that we've been um, fed on constant replays of the 1989 uh, running of of this race, which wasn't really this race, it was. Uh, uh, it was a handicap chase over the two miles at Ascot, and uh, after the first two um, proposed runnings were abandoned, we had that great race where Desidor could give lumps of weight to Panto Prince, and the pair of them fought out a, uh, a tremendous finish, one of the great national hunt finishes of all time. Mm. Um, but if that hadn't been a handicap, um, it would have been you, well, you didn't have a huge field anyway that day, but it was a it was a very very good field. Um, I just delight it was service of an old favourite of mine long engagement he threw down a challenge off the bend was a, a I think a dual winner off the Tingle Creek um, really high quality contest um, and we constantly see good horses in this but unless it's going to um, boil down to a dress rehearsal of the champion chase um, you've always got the possibility of, uh, of an uncompetitive renewal and that's what you've got now whereas when this was run as a handicap, we've had some tremendous performances and, and um, champions over this trip have had a chance to prove how good they are by giving um, big weight, you know, a lot of weight away to very good horses. Remember Azertiup and, and Izio and this Welsh chief uh, defined a mark of 176 on the penultimate running of this as a handicap when they ran out of Cheltenham that year. And a um, massive market drift as well to be this, that and t'other. 
It was brilliant. Uh, yeah. And and you know, and, and he was given he was giving well over a stone to this, that, and the other. He was out of the handicap that day. The runner-up went on to win the Ryanair, which wasn't the Ryanair there, it was the festival trophy anyway. But it was uh, in the early days of that contest on his next start and well chief was second to the mighty Moscow Flyer in the champion chase. And that's what we long for, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, what we have is a schooling session, apparently, for the long odds on favour. Although we said much to same about the Christmas hurdle, didn't we? Yeah, but... This... You, you know, you know, Rory, I had the exact same thought when I saw these declarations. Like, oh, God, wouldn't it be grand if, you know, Fox Norton was getting eight pounds off Altior? It would make it some bit interesting. You know, I'm sure Altior would still be odds on and go and win, but... It just makes it more interesting. And I've wrote about this before, and we won't go too far down this bunny hole because it's a, it's a deep one. But I would love to see more high-class handicaps in the calendar that would almost oblige connections to run nice horses in them. Uh, I think it would enhance the competitive, competitiveness of the, the pre-Cheltenham landscape. It would allow amazing things to happen, like we saw with Desert Orchid and, of course, going a bit further back, Arkel. Um, and I, I think they do really well, to be honest, uh, for reasons that have been discussed before in terms of the, the overall inflation of, of National Hunt ratings, uh, whereas the, the very top has stayed much the same. Um, I think they do really well. But the thing is, and I suppose the sad thing is, if this was still a handicap, Rory, I think we could we could fairly well assume Altior wouldn't be running in it. They'd find something else to run him in. And that's ultimately the problem, isn't it? Too many races. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what yeah, what you need is actually a more constricted um, program, so that, so that there aren't all these options um, for horses to run in. You got the game spirit coming. Actually, there aren't that many races for for two mile chasers in the calendar. Um, that's that's the one the, the one area where where they're a little bit restricted. But yeah, um, then it probably always... two and a half miles. <laughs> yeah, well, we wouldn't mind that either. You know, if if if, if, you, if you're if you're forcing Altio to run over two and a half. A lot of people will be very keen to see how that pans out, you know, seeing them in the Ascot Chase, for example. Um, but there you go. That's what we have. Um, and there's no point bleating about it now. But um, it's something that's um, it's something that's missing from the game these days to a large degree. You still have the big, you still have the likes of the of the, the Ladbrokes Trophy at Newbury. But in the old days, the, the, the biggest of the handicaps were worth, the sponsored handicaps in the, in the 60s when they came about or the late 50s, were often worth more than the gold cup itself. Yeah, and that, that's, and that's what made, the thing, that's what made them attractive. Yeah, so they were they were they were the races for. So you know, gold cup horses would also have the Hennessy and they'd have the Whitbread uh, on their schedule for the season. And, and as a result, you got a really good narrative running through the year for the very best horses. Um, but it wasn't dull. However, however dominant the champion was, there was a chance of beating them in, in one of those big sponsored handicap chases, and that's. That's not really the case anymore. The irony yeah. is you then have absolute millions being thrown at staying handicaps on the flat, and yet we don't seem to have a program book that is encouraging handicaps for high-class horses over jumps. It's just it's a bit... Yeah, and the, and, and the beauty about the jumps, the beauty about the jumps is, is, is we, I say we as in Ireland, Ireland and England, can essentially do what we want with the program. Mm-hmm. We could turn every single graded race, bar grade ones into a handicap, which is what I suggested to do a couple of years ago. We could do that. We could do it next season if we wanted to. The, on the flat, you've got to answer to the European Pattern Committee and so on. It all has the, the piece of the jigsaw all have to fit. But over jumps, we can do what we want. So personally, and we, we better end it on here and move on to what we're supposed to be talking <laughs> about. But, but, per, but personally, I'd love to see a bit more adventure 
from the programming committees um, in the National Hunt side of things, either side of the, the Irish Sea, because I think they, they could definitely help things along a little bit by being a little bit bolder and maybe standing up to some of the, some of the bigger, more high-profile connections who would greatly resist yeah. such moves. But I think it would be for the, for the greater good of the game to, uh, to make such changes. All right, two questions for both of you before we move on to actually tipping a horse in a race that's actually backable in. Uh, although if you want to go and back Altior at 10 to 1 on, good luck uh, and enjoy it. Um, Altior will go into the Cheltenham Festival, Rory, as a banker. But there aren't many other horses that you would look at for Cheltenham right now as a banker. Is that just indicative of the National Hunt season as it has been so far with ground worries and high-profile injuries. Yeah, I think it is um, on the whole. And, all, you know, you've also got um, perhaps not an outstanding crop of either novice hurdlers or novice chasers, although it's possible that we've, we've got a, because some very, very good horses who are simply waiting on, on deeper ground to show what they can do. But, of course, when we get to Cheltenham in March, we may be back on a, a quicker surface anyway. Um, we seem to be... Uh, lacking um, really dominant performers in a lot of the in the novice divisions, particularly when when horses are established, you get more of an idea who's liable to come to the fore. But um, often, um, looking forward to the big spring festivals, you've got an idea of who the who the best two mile novice hurdler is, who the best two mile novice chaser is, or or there's a, a potential showdown between the best of the English and the best of the Irish, and we haven't really distilled that down so far, but. In a manner of speaking, that makes the next um, few weeks all the more interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's no Sam Crow for the novice division this season just as of yet. And that brings me to you then, Kevin, because Underso has won this race for the last three years, yet he doesn't run. Does that further concern you about William Mullen's stable form? A little bit, because the, the excuses, you know, they can do what they want with their horse. The O'Connell seem keen to run. Um, you look at the forecast there, they're calling it good to soft this morning with, with um, some rain left to come. Um, they could have run, of course they could have. But they've decided not to. I assume they'll go to the Dublin Racing Festival instead, I assume. But, geez, the ground's going to be is going to be quicker there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing just because, you know, that's what we were hoping. We were hanging our hat on to make this a contest. Uh, we're not going to see it. There you go. Um Altior will bolt up in this, no doubt, and hopefully go to Cheltenham in tip-top form because he is uh, a genuine superstar. And, uh, you know, why you'd love to see him take on the best around, um, it's just great to see him full stop, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's why it would have been nice to see both of them. I would have expected Altior to beat him, but we are going to be privileged enough to see Altior, and he is one of the best around if not the best around currently in training so just sit back watch and enjoy him we'll move over to haydock and actually get a bet because rory's got one for us in the peter marsh handicap chase uh this should be a pretty interesting renewal to say the least it was a race that was won two years ago by bristol demai where nigel tristan davis was caught on camera as daryl jacob came down to the last saying slow down you twat so um, we'll, <laughs> we'll see um, how Daryl Jacob gets on this time for Nicky Henderson on the favourite. Uh, Valtor, the Klondike for the pipes were in form. Kevin Blake's dropped the phone with the mention of the fact that David Pipe is in form. <laughs> that was the <laughs> I've, kicked, I've kicked my laptop. <laughs> 
Uh, Bally Arthur for Nigel Nines, Robins Firth for, for the Tizards, eight to one. Uh, Bally Dine, Charlie Longston, nine to one, and Otago Trail for Venetia Williams, who's obviously been in form as well, nine to one. Rory, who is on your shortlist for the Peter Marsh Chase, three fifteen? Um, well, you've got to mention Otago Trail again. For all he he was uh, disappointing um, at Ascot before Christmas. Um, he was the horse who finished second to Bristol to May in this race a couple of years ago um, before injury intervened, ran really well in his reappearance in Newcastle and just bounced uh, by the look of it um, at, um, at Ascot. He could easily come back, um, having been given four weeks off since then and with Venetia really in form. You know, we, we talked about him before Christmas, suggesting that the Venetia Williams yard was, was showing signs of turning a corner. Um, and um, that's very much been the case since. So, I'd, I'd respect him, uh, despite the fact that it went uh, it went wrong for him last time out. I'd respect him more if it was if it was deeper ground, of course. Um, but there's a horse I really like in this contest, um, and that is Robin's Firth. Very, very lightly raced for a for a ten year old. Um, I'd uh, I, I made him my main selection on my the first day writing for the Irish Daily Star. Um, at Cheltenham on New Year's Day and uh, he was then uh, pulled out of that contest um, and he's been off the course for over a year but um, I saw him last season at, um, at the showcase meeting at Cheltenham where he was beaten in, a, in a, a three mile chase but he looked magnificent he was absolutely the pick of the paddock you wouldn't say he was the fittest horse there and he shaped like that on the day um, but he looked a tremendous prospect Um and he went in my notebook as one one to follow blind really ran very well in his next start at Haydock and then um, was a was a very cosy winner um, of a Grade Three handicap at Cheltenham in December last year beating Shandro Santos. Um, Shandro Santos is one of higher marks since um, the form looks for all it was a small field the form looks pretty solid but uh, everything about Robins first suggested to me that you know the, there was a very big race in him. Mark of 146, I think is I think is really fair, um, given he was he was 142 when he was fourth at Cheltenham on his reappearance last year when he clearly needed the run. Um, that was a, a very competitive race. He's clearly had his issues since he was he was roughed off after winning at Cheltenham in in December 2017. Um, but yeah, that's uh, to give you an idea of, of who he was up against. He was he was uh, fourth behind Cogbury and Single Farm Payments. Um, who are two remarkably reliable uh, performers at that sort of level. Um, and, um, yeah, he's only four points higher now, despite the fact that he's, he's stepped up again. Um, you look at his age and think, well, you know, there might, he might be vulnerable to something younger. Very, very few miles on the clock. He's only had four runs and handicaps. Um, he was shipping extremely well on the first of those. The Chepster winning on his rider, and he's just gone from strength to strength since. Um, I think there's another 10 points of improvement in him. Richard Johnson takes over the ride uh, from Robbie Parr. Um, he's ridden at least three winners today already. Dickie Johnson, he might be might ride more yet. Um, and uh, he's the ideal jockey for this horse, uh, for me. Uh, he wants to be up there um, and get on with it. He, he didn't. He, he made a mistake or two uh, when he ran here um, in November uh, of last season. Um, but his jumping was pretty good next time. He's the kind of horse, the more you ask him, the better he's going to look. And I think um, that's why Richard Johnson should get a really good shoe out of him. So it looks well handicapped at 146 to me. Um, he was due to run on New Year's Day, so I wouldn't think fitness is an issue 
Um, and uh, I think it'll go really well at a decent price. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, you can currently, at the very least, get eight to one about Robin's Firth. And if you shop around, you can probably get tens. Robbie Power riding an ascot, so hence why the champion jockey Richard Johnson takes over. Can you better that, Kevin Blake? I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. Uh, Captain Redbeard. We do the like Captain bo- Redbeard, to be fair. <laughs> Good. I was slightly off-put by the, uh, by the, the, the reaction silence. there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's been a bit of a podcast favorite in, in years gone by. Go on. No, he's a good story, this horse, but um, it, in a nutshell, he always seems to run very well around Haydock. He did so on his penultimate start um, on ground that would have been spicy enough for him. I mean, he finished a close third in, in a handicap chase over this course and distance, and he went to Aintree last time. It was his third start over the, the Grand National Fences. He ran in the Grand Sefton, and um, I think it's fair to say he has about as much enthusiasm for the Grand National Fences as Rory Delargy has about the prospect of Apple's Jade running in the Mayor's Hurdle. <laughs> uh, he, 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 does, he just does not like them. I think by all accounts, they, um, they, they, they forgive them. I think his first go in the Grand Sefton um, he unseated fairly early in the Grand National, and, and this just didn't go well either. So the chance I'd be taking is that, well, what I'm prepared to do is just draw the line, a swiggly line straight through that. And if you do so, if you do that, um, he's available at a double figure price, as far as I know, and he that is, just yeah. looks that just looks a little bit too big. Um, if if it had never happened at Aintree, I'm sure he'd be a bit shorter. It did happen, but I'm happy to ignore it. Um, great record around the track. Uh, slightly softer conditions will definitely suit. And yeah, I think all that adds up to to a reasonable play. Absolutely, I like that. Uh, Captain Redbeard, ten to one with um, Sam Coulthard claiming five. It should have pointed out the fact, of course, that Robin's Firth being ten. We've already had Sizing Tennessee, who unfortunately is out for the season, winning a major race as a 10-year-old for Colin Tizard, so that won't preclude them from victory. But you already know who I'm backing. You already know. Obviously. Obviously, (laughs) DeClondike wins it. What are you all thinking? You're mad. You people are off your game. Uh, We'll go on to the handicap hurdle at 225 at Ascot, which is an interesting one, Kevin Blake, because Charles is sending one over. Oh, yes. Charles Burns is bringing a horse over to Ascot. The old, those days are gone. Uh, six years of age. Three to one favorite. Seven, five to one. Balmoy sevens. Um, better get along of a ten to one. Lord Napier, ten to one. And New Key, fourteens. Let's talk about those days are gone, though, Kev. Yeah, it'll be fascinating if he comes over. Um, it was not a certainty to come over, perhaps. It, it was only... It'll only have been a week gap since he was over at Wetherby. But just to give you a, a brief synopsis of his life, if, you, if you're not familiar with him, um, he was a decent bumper horse without being, um, without being a superstar. He won around Wexford. But the fact, that, the fact that Charles was happy to bring him over to Aintree for a grade two bumper was quite significant in itself. And he actually ran quite well, to be fair. He kind of made a big, big move there on the, on the home turn. And, um, and kind of paid the price for it late on and weakened. But just, just the very fact that Charles was happy to bring him over now, that, that would very much catch your eye. And he had mixed fortunes in his early days over hurdles, a bit hit and miss, I think it's fair to say. He showed up well one day at the stole um, on bad ground. But other than that, it, it, it was more miss than hit. 
but he got a mark. Um, I think it was down in the, the low 110s in Ireland, but he, he went over to Weatherby for his handicap hurdle debut. Um, the, the British handicapper gave him a mark of 118, which looked enough based on what he'd shown. Um, and he proceeded to be backed off the boards uh, all the way down to 11 to 10. I think he opened up on track 9 to 4, and he absolutely bowled it up. Uh, in, in what was a, quite a transformation, you'd have to say. Um, he was dropped in there by Adam Wedge. Good, good enthusiastic hold, but jumped great. Um, made his headway very smoothly. And when Adam eventually asked him to kick on, um, he, he went away and, and won easily. Um, he's gone up. <clears throat> he's gone up nine pounds, which uh, is reasonable if a similar sequence of events had happened um, over here in Ireland and the horse had won in such style, um, he would definitely have got a stone plus, I think it's fair to say. And um, and it wouldn't be a shock if Charles came over. You know, this is a good pot. This horse is ahead of the handicapper for sure. How much? Hard to know, but I'd imagine Charles would love to get him up um, another chunk, which would put... You need to be a kind of... You need to, in England, we'll say, a bit your English handicap, Mark, you need to be around 135 if you're going to get into the Martin Piper, the Coral Cup. Ideally, you'd be a couple higher just to make sure. But if he can win this, he'll be in that sort of zone. And I just wonder, is that what Charles is thinking? Maybe win this, go up enough, and then freshen up with a view to Cheltenham, perhaps. But um, he'll be short enough, justifiably so. Um, but... I have no doubt Rory will have a sneaky one to take him on with. Yeah, that's the question, Rory. Do you look at those days are gone if he does line up and see him as a three-to-one shot as a horse that, thank you very much, makes the market? Or does it put you off the race entirely? Uh, I'm... Yeah, it's always, it's always a worry taking him on a chance. Although I'd rather take him on after they've landed a gamble than just... <laughs> Just after they were the subject of a gamble, but before they'd run, uh, as it were. So you, you can you can take a view that um, those days are gone was was a taking advantage of a lenient handicap mark, but in in um, in fairly modest company um, last time out, um, and he swamped them for speed there. So uh, was, he spotted a very good opportunity. Whether this this race will certainly not be run in the same style as the Weatherby contest. Um, He's certainly interesting. Um, hopefully, he'll be a well-backed favourite because it'll, it'll get a better price. But mine, mine is not at all sneaky or dark. Uh, mine is the blindingly obvious but massively progressive, well, generally progressive, Ballymoy, um, who's just been crying out for this kind of trip and furthered over hurdles. He's been very patiently campaigned um, thus far. Um, racing at two miles, he won the, the big... Um, uh, Novice's handicap at uh, Sandown on the final day of the, the season um, of a mark of 132 plenty of winners have come out of that um, his only defeat since came um, in the Jerry Fielding hurdle at uh, Newbury which is always a well contested event and he, he ran into a champion hurdle horse in that um, and then they belatedly stepped him up beyond two miles at Haydock last time out um, albeit in a, in a race that he was able to largely dominate 
uh, and he's won that easily. He's he's um, taken his form up another notch in doing so. This will be a stiffer test of stamina again, slightly longer trip. A race is going to be run at um, a more honest pace as well, which will suit him. And I think he'll improve another few pounds. And um, given how he's been going about things, um, I think uh, I think a mark one four seven is is certainly not beyond him. Um, and just just one thing I could. Oh, sorry, go on, kick on, Rory. I thought you were finished up there. No, no, finally. Um, one thing I quickly say, just in terms of trying to decipher if those days are gone, will run. And um, the entries for this would have closed on Monday. Um, and interestingly, there's a two and a half mile, fifty grand handicap at Navin on Saturday, which you'd think would suit him quite well. He'd get into it off his mark. And the entries for that closed on Tuesday. And he and Charles didn't put him in. So you'd say if there was any doubt in his mind, he would have put him in, wouldn't he? The fact that he hasn't yeah. entered him either suggests that something happened to him on Tuesday, between between 12 o'clock on Monday and 12 o'clock on Tuesday. It means he definitely won't be running anywhere or he's just made up his mind, haven't seen the entries at Ascot, right, we're going to Ascot. So I, while you could read it one of two ways, I, I take it as a positive more than a negative. So would you consider his Cheltenham target to be the Martin Pipe? Um, either or. Like the, the the rating you need to get into those races is pretty much very similar these days. So you'd have the choice of either. Um, but you'd imagine he's trying to creep him up that bit more if he can. Um, he'd need eight pounds on top of what he has now. He'd ideally want 10, I'd say, just to give yourself a bit of breathing room. Mm. But um, you'd imagine with you know Charles is Charles. You, you can only imagine he'd be he'd be thinking that way. He actually owns this fella himself. Yes, he does. Um, Burn, Burns Burns Bloodstock. That that's Charles himself. Which I thought was interesting. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's owned a few. He had he had a good line there one day. Rory might might remember it exactly. But it was, someone asked him about it there. But he won a few bumpers in the in these <laughs> colours last year. They're all and, for um, sale. He was asked about it and he said, yeah, they're all for sale. He says, if, if you see the wife in those colours, she's for sale as well or something, <laughs> something like those yeah. <laughs> Oh, all in good fun. Uh, I, there are a lot of bookmakers who listen to the Final Furlong podcast. I do note with interest, as I scroll through the list of prices, trying to be cheeky and uh, get a bet on this horse for the Martin Pipe, that he's not quoted However, there is a very famous final furlong podcast horse that is quoted by That's dead by <laughs> no 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 no. Oh, I'm I'm sure there are ones like that because seriously, bookmakers sort that stuff out. Uh, three reputable, two reputable bookmakers <laughs> have have a certain podcast favorite priced up. Kevin Blake, who is it? For the Martin Pipe. Yeah. No idea. Go ahead. Rory. Is it Don Pulley? <gasps> no, no it's, way. It's <laughs> Danny Kerwin. Long time plan, lads. Long time plan. Fourteen to one. Um, we are going to make money off that horse, uh, right? So those days are gone, and you're not going to be. You're not going to make money if you're looking at the the market for the Martin Pipe hurdle at this stage of the year. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. I can guarantee you that you, you could be. It could be worthwhile looking at those races right now because, as was pointed out to us on Twitter yesterday, if we can do what Kevin Blake loves, a lucky 69 for Cheltenham, and get it to click, <laughs> we're Jeez, all going not... to Dubai. We all love a lucky 69. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
apologies. <laughs> so, um, Kevin, if you're new to the podcast, has no idea what these bets are called. If I said to you, Goliath, And I don't Kevin. care. Goliath? Some sort of giant. Patent? Uh, that's what you do with a new invention. Yeah, doesn't have a notion. So if we can if we can figure out a lucky 15, a patent, a lucky 31, or one of Kevin's famous lucky 69s, then we could be making an absolute fortune. Uh, before we combine the two novice hurdles between Ascot and Haydock, we will we will go to the uh, novices chase at Haydock, the Grade Two, the Patrick Coyne Memorial Altikar uh, novices chase which is being run over two mile and four furlongs currently good to soft which means it's probably extremely heavy ground at Haydock right now um, who interests you here Kev um, the one that jumped out at me a little bit was Crucial Role um, for the Skeletons uh, because he, w- he was a good horse last season without being a, a star for um, Henry Daly over hurdles he switched to Dan Skelton um, I suppose, no disrespect to Henry Daly, that would be pers- widely perceived as a trainer upgrade. Um, but his chasing debut at Haydock went abysmally. Um, really did. His jumping really, really let him down. It was, it was a terrible start. He broke a blood vessel. And you'd be like, oh, Jesus, this is all gone Pete Tong. But uh, fair play to Danny. Didn't mess about. He had him out um, like two and a half weeks later back at Utoxeter. And he looked... An utterly different horse. Um, he was given a, a fairly simple ride, tracked leader. Um, his jumping held up very well. He, he was quite good in the main, and, and kind of from three out, he took control and um, and fairly well bolted up and beat a couple of nice horses in doing so, and seemed to do so fair and square um, to the point where uh, the official handicapper, who we know is never inclined to get carried away. Uh, with these novices, he's given him a mark of 145, and actually, he actually he's probably earned that. To be fair, and um, like you look at for a grade two, it it's it's looks a bit looks a bit below par now on paper. I'm hopefully I'm wrong, and something comes out and bolts up. But on paper, right now, it looks a, a below par grade two, and um, and that performance with the promise of a little bit more to come um, might just be enough here. Okay. Rory, can you counter that? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to counter that. I'm going to say uh, that's, I think that's a very good point. I thought um, Utoxter form tends to be ignored. Utoxter used, back in the good old days, um, before Stan Clark took over, it was a proper gaff. It had one good race um, a season, and even that, you know, was um, was generally overlooked. Um, but you get some, um, you get some, uh, trainers are more than happy to to run um, good horses at Utoxter in novice events over fences and hurdles, uh, and I thought that was a very very um, good race for a, a class three novice. The crucial rule one, and if you're thinking about backing him tomorrow, um, the prices will be up reasonably early. Uh, sorry, on Saturday I should say, but probably tomorrow if you're listening to this. Um, the pair that finished second and third to Naima Ginty, who I put up as a horse to follow this season, and Chef Des Oboe, they meet each other tomorrow on Friday at Chepstow in a very interesting looking novice chase as well. And if they happen to come out and finish first and second in that, for example, that will make Crucial Rule look very, very good indeed. If they finish seventh and eighth, then you might want to you might want to look at it again. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I thought it looked a very interesting race. And the fact that, that, that Naima Ginty and Chef Isobel, um, and Forza Milan, who was who was down the field that day, but not knocked about, they, they all run in the same novice chase at, uh, at Haydock over three miles tomorrow. 
um, that will hopefully provide you with a useful pointer. Um, the other horses of, of interest there is um, uh, Jerry's back uh, for Philip Hobbs. Bringing the vindication um, form to the table. Yeah, well, he's um, he, he was second to vindication at uh, at Ascot last time out. It's ignore. The, I was going to say ignore the Ascot run is a strange thing to say, but if you're going to watch one of his runs back, um, watch his win at Bangor the time before that. When um, Richie McLaren got uh, got high praise from the the pundits in the in the uh, Racing UK studio, as it was back in December, uh, for a tremendously cool ride on this horse, <laughs> he's he's taken he's he's been given a very very educational ride on a second start over over fences. Surprise! He went off at fifty to one. I think he was about an eight or nine to one shot in the morning. He's drifted to fifty to one, um, and Richie has, has schooled him round to teach him a little bit about the game. And um, he's managed to cover about three furlongs further than anything else in the race, and has come through to win on the bridle. And a reason he puts... <laughs> um, well, well worth looking at that. He had to be a horse of some ability to to have um, won from where he was in that. Right of the month. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, it might well have been to be perfectly honest, um, but you know the score. And um, you know he's he's always been a work in progress, um, despite being a, a son of Jeremy. Um, but he proved that that was no fluke um, with that second to um, to vindication. But I think the Banger the Banger run was arguably an even better performance, um, just on the book. Um, um, when you consider, you know, if you're if you're looking at race times, if you can work out how far he travelled at Banger, and then crunch the numbers in terms of of um, of his speed figure for that, I think you'll end up with something enormous. Um, and he's a he's a really interesting contender as well. So it's, a, it's a, an interesting clash between them. The fact that Jerry's back has, has got that uh, that form in a great two already means that he's probably going to be favourite for the race. But um, as I said, the um, the Atoxter race in which uh, Crucial Rule um, won comfortably from a couple of very promising horses um, suggests that he doesn't have much to find. Um, and there's form, you know, the, the Broy and Kildaisar have got a decent form in the book. Um, Scorpion Sid as well as a winner at a Haydock last time out, and you've got to give them some kind of chance. But I, the 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 two that I mentioned at the top there, um, Crucial Rule, as, as um, Kevin made the point, and Jerry's back, look like they might be a little bit better than the others. Okay, I like that. Let's talk about a potential supreme novice hurdle contender. So, because we might actually learn something at the weekend, there is the 405 at Ascot and the 205 at Haydock. Angel's Breath is entered in both. Die Waters has been associated with some very famous sources like uh, Whisper. I, th- and- I think you'll think you'll find it's pronounced Guy Walter. <laughs> If what? you've been reading that tremendous interview with uh, with Paddy Merrigan, you're not serious. D A I die. It is. <laughs> have you have you read this interview? It's absolutely it's fantastic I, 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 stuff, I have, and I use yeah, the word yeah, fantastic yeah. in its correct sense. <laughs> it's it's the greatest load of garbage you've ever read in your life, but it is it's entertaining. Where is this um, interview? Where he, is this load of nonsense? Well, it's been, good, it's been reprinted by three Irish, Irish newspapers, so you can't really miss it. I think it was The Independent in the first place. Guy yeah, Walter! I, 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 think, I think it all stemmed from a, ra- a local radio interview. Yes. Um, up in, uh, And I've met Paddy Merrigan up around his neck of the woods there in Westmead. Um, I think he did a local radio interview and a couple of journalists with, 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 um, with national publications kind of latched onto it and, yeah. and wrote articles based on it. And it's quite sensational, to be fair. 
Oh, Jesus. Can you there wasn't give... an awful lot. There wasn't an awful lot of fact checking going on. I can tell no, you. No, clearly no, not. But it, it sounded like Guy Walter, maybe, but Jesus, <laughs> probably best checked on that. Um. Yeah. Anyway, Die Walters <laughs> has been associated with the likes of Whisper and Oscar Whiskey back in the 2017 Land Rover sale paid 85,000 euro for this horse and sent him to Pat Doyle uh, to be trained as a point to pointer and with Nicky beat the aforementioned Danny Kerwin. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say they they bought it off the Doyles I'd say. Yeah. Probably. Well, it seems as though Die was the but one. Or maybe not actually. No, yeah, Die Die Waters did buy this horse on uh, on uh, after the Land Rover sale and um, took him to Pat Doyle bided their time and uh, and now Nikki has got hold of him and broke our hearts beating Danny Kerwin but that's okay uh, we won't hold it against you too much Nikki they've also got Mr. Fisher and Angel's Breath entered in Haydock and these currently are two of the interesting horses for the Supreme Novice Hurdle market Angel's Breath is 5-1 to one favorite for Cheltenham so it's kind of him and Champ in terms of the novice hurdlers that are capturing the imagination, along with Elixir de Nuts. Mr. Fisher has been a sea of blue today, 14s, 12s, 12s, 11s. Um, But these are two interesting races, but the best way of doing it, lads, I I think, is to combine them. So Dragon Destrevel, Moonlighter, Russian Hawk for Colin Tizard, trucking away. Good old phrase, but I can't imagine he'll be getting involved. Uh, downtown getaway, another for Nicky Henderson, as if he wasn't uh, there with enough. And um, yeah, in, in terms of these two races and the Supreme Novice Hurdle picture as a whole, Rory, who would you be looking forward to seeing on Saturday? I, I'm not really interested in backing him for for the Supreme, but it would have to be Angel's Breath. Okay. And I don't... I, I, I was going to say, I don't see either of these races as, as betting um, heats at this stage. Difficult to know who's going to turn up um, for two similar sort of races. Um, but this is the time of year where you've got to be setting your stall out if, if you think you've got a uh, um, a horse capable of winning the Supreme or the um, uh, or the Ballymore at the festival. So they should be competitive races. Um, we've discussed, um, again, pre-Christmas about um, how, how few horses are capable of making a, a winning debut at the top level. And you don't see too many um, horses making their, their debut on the rules in grade twos and winning. And that's what Angel's Breath did, did at Ascot when he beat uh, Danny Kerwin. Um, if you want to if you want to crown that form, um, Danny Kerwin has been a little bit of a weak finisher. He's a horse who, who tanks along in his races, um, but he's, he's not always been tremendously strong in the How finish. And he was- dare he, you? And he was swept aside by by Angel's Breath, which maybe, you know, if you if you take the view that um, that um, Danny Kerwin's finishing effort is is not guaranteed guaranteed to be as strong as it should be, then it could flatter the winner a little bit. But you know, you win a you win a Grade Two at the first time of asking at Ascot in the style that he did, and you have to be pretty decent. Um, whether he's whether he's a um, a supreme horse, I really don't know. You'd, you'd need, you generally want to have a little bit more experience for a race like that. Um, but um, he's clearly very exciting, and you want to see him again. You know, I, I'm not suggesting anyone should be emptying the piggy bank and throwing it on him. But you know, given the um, the reputation he had pre-race, given the way he won, and given the comments that were made, made about him afterwards, you really want to see this horse as soon as you can and see what all the fuss is about. 
the fact that he is five to one on the back of only two runs, and and by the way, may I just echo the comments of my right honourable friend Kevin Blake? How dare you? How dare you, sir, with those scurrilous <laughs> remarks about Danny Kerwin? It's not Danny's fault that he's a son of Scorpion. What's he supposed to do? Ah, uh, stop. He can only use the tools that are given to him, and we're going to make money off that horse. But it says an awful lot, though, that this horse is 5-1 to one for the Supreme Novices hurdle on the back of just two runs and hasn't been out since December that Colin Tizard's horse has had four so far, 12, and Vision the on-air, who we're going to see at the Dublin Racing Festival, is 12. So that's the current market for the Supreme Novices hurdle. Something could emerge in the next while and make Angel's Breath look very, very different. Or maybe Angel's Breath consolidates his position at the top of the market and gets even shorter. But 5-1 to one doesn't really appeal to me. And I'd say the same thing if the horse was trained by Willie Mullins and heading into a grade one at the weekend or Gordon Elliott. It's just, I don't want to be taking that kind of a price about a novice race where there's so many questions about opposition horses and so much yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a combination of factors, Kenners, isn't it? There's just this... There's no great, there's nothing really jumping off the page for anyone. This mm. horse has a big, big reputation. And, uh, on the, you know, and like Rory says, on the face of it, winning a grade two novice hurdle on your hurdling debut is, is a pretty exceptional feat. You know, but however, you have to say, like, it, it has all the looks of a really windy piece of form. Mm. Um, and windy is even more apt in, in this situation because they, they only jumped four hurdles that day on account of high winds. We're, we're, we're knocking over the new style hurdles they have at Ascot. Um, and they didn't go that quick you know Danny from memory they jumped off nothing wanted to lead Danny Kerwin ended up making the run and when he clearly didn't want to and um, it was just a bit of a mess it was a bit of a mess it's very windy form um, look the horse definitely has a bit of X factor about him um, as we've talked about a million times in the podcast when big trainers really seem to really like one um, they're operating off, a, off a, a book of evidence that we don't have, um, i.e. what they've been seeing at home. Um, so you have to give them another chance uh, to, to consolidate that position in deeper company in a more um, solid sort of race, which we'll hopefully get to see this weekend. But, jeez, um, you couldn't take the sort of price he is for the Supreme now. You no really couldn't. Um, I hope he steps up. I hope he absolutely bolts up because we do need... Uh, a, a bit of excitement in the novice hurdle division at, at the minimum trip and I mean he's the one there that kind of stands out as the kind of well may, he could be a star um, alongside Classical Dream of course who has finally started to shorten in price after my third attempt to, <laughs> to convince people that he's a good horse he started to shorten a bit after the last podcast so I think there's still 20s left in one place lads if you want to go in and finish it off uh, 20, we'll give a mention. Boil Sports still go 20s. They don't believe you, Kev. They... Punish them! So punish Boil Sports. But Paddy Power have run for the hills and gone 12s. So you've, um, you've had the effect there. Ladbrokes going 16s along with William Hill. So uh, Punish them too. But to be fair, you keep on mentioning him. So um, that's, I... that's four times now, Jesus. Yeah. So if he's not, I don't even know, I don't even I don't even own a leg in him. If he's not <laughs> second favorite by the weekend, then you're going to be extremely disappointed. Uh, this is sure, he'll, this, he'll be favorite after he wins the delight. <laughs> this, as I was saying, so will be. You you laugh like I was joking. <laughs> this, is, as as I was saying, will be Angel's breath. Assuming he runs second start in public, or at least under rules, um, having won a point to point back in April. 
Like, is two runs enough, Rory? If he even if he wins the weekend and does so very well, is it enough? Well, people will point to uh, Willie Mullen's success in the race and say, yes, it is. But we all know that Willie has a, a different way of doing things, and you have to strip what he's done um, out of the overall trends. Um, when you do that, it's a, it can be a rough race to Supreme. Uh, and there's, you know, if you think that you're good enough to win while avoiding all sorts of trouble, you know, taking a run down the outside. Um, you've the Dungui Brute has The Dungui Brute, exactly. You've only got to go back to that race to see it doesn't work. And however much better you looked in the opposition uh, before that, the race often ends up having, you know, having a very different complexion after the event. You know, we've seen, we've seen um, uh, short price favourites turned over here and the horses that they've, they've been up against on the day have subsequently turned out to be just better than them anyway, but haven't had the opportunity to show it. Um, and yes, historically, it's been very, very hard um, to uh, to come here without without a, a, either a successful background on the flat or a successful background in, in bumpers. Um, so uh, the odds are against him. The other thing about him, of course, is, is um, uh, his trainer's record in the race, One which people will, people will often tell you. We know exactly how many winners he's had and when his last one before before um, uh, before the last one was his penultimate winner. I know, the, I know. On the Christmas quiz, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Kennedy? Kennedy? Was that 1992? Uh, 19- oh, I, I, I was going to put Kennedy on the spot there. <laughs> 1992. I think it might have been 93, but I'm often to correct. Damn it! I was going to say that, but uh, you, were, think, you said 92 with such confidence. Kennedy. And ironically, I think he's Rory blindly. Dang it! Um... And pretending it was his own work. <laughs> Classic Kennedy. Oh. And it was the year, the year after Nicky had his his very first Cheltenham winner was the other the other time he's won the Supreme with River Kiriog. Um at a massive price. I think he was yeah. thirty three. He has a horrible record in the race. Let, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, and, but, and but people, taken... will often, people will often tell you about what a good record he has in the race. He's a horrible record in it. And it's, and he, it's but taken... you know, in, terms of, in, in terms of how good he is with two mile hurdlers. It's um... taken argue... like he got let's <laughs> Bouvadera got beaten in the Supreme. And, oh, feck it, it was 1992. And he's a... a <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yes! I Rory! Oh! But uh, and Sprinter Sacker got beaten, in a, got beaten in, a, in, a, in a Supreme Novices Hurdle. And we know how good both of those Sprinter, have turned Sprinter Sacra. Never mind your Bouverdaires. Yeah, Sprinter, Sprinter Sacra was beaten in a I mean, Supreme it, Novices to, Hurdle. To be perfectly honest, the Bouverdaire one doesn't really count because he won that race anyway. Um, but yeah, Sprinter Sacra was was um, was what a, a, a modest third, uh, wasn't he? Was he second in the end? He was third. He was third. third and Q yeah. card was fourth. Alfaroff was fourth. Alfaroff, of course. But the um, the thing is, it's taken one of the best horses that the man has ever trained to win the race for him, with yeah. with Altior. So yeah, my tenor years, of course, was it was an odds on poke when when he was ooh, chinned as well. Yeah. Uh, but what's but the that, what's the reason behind this trend? Is there any like is there any meat to this? Why is this the case? Why does he have a bad record in it? There's no obvious reason to suggest why he shows. Well, he only, uh, yeah, and in fairness, if you if if you start looking at how his horses have performed, you will find a lot of creditable runs. Um, you know, a lot of seconds and thirds in there. So it's not like he he goes there with with a, a short price favorite every year and they bomb out. They tend to run pretty well, but the Supreme is not. It's a for me. It's always a race where um, you're a, you're more of a hostage to fortune than you are in the um, 
in the Ballymore, which is why the Ballymore ends up, well, it, in my opinion, why it ends up being more of a breeding ground for um, uh, for champion hurdlers. Yeah. And ironically, the way the Supreme has tends to be run has seen stayers come to the fore. You know, they often go hell for leather from the start. Um, and, and future Gold Cup horses end up running really well in it. Uh, it, it is strange how how that has panned out over the last 40 or 50 years continue talking among you, amongst yourselves gentlemen there's a big delivery coming to the final forum podcast studio sorry <laughs> I dread to think yeah and, and we always we always talk about how bizarre it is that um, the supreme should be the the ideal stepping stone <laughs> for a champion shouldn't it right price up what has been delivered to Kennedy's house? <laughs> it's a whole load of mugs. <laughs> so, Delargy, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll ask you a question in, in Kennedy's absence. What about Mister Fisher? He, he's gone odds on for the race at Haydock. That was kind of a, in, suggests that he might be Henderson's representative in it. Were, All were the right faces are on. By, <laughs> were you impressed with him, McKenton? Uh yeah, I, I was uh, I was pretty impressed. He, he jumped well that day. Um, he he won with a bit to spare. It's never it's never the easiest race to um, to weigh up that because it's a non graded hurdle, but it all, it tends to be um, uh, a fair pointer to the future every every year. Um, it's not really been tested since, has it? We haven't seen anything. No, of it. and just um, uh, just in terms of general points, like they did go steady. Yeah. He was re- he was receiving weight from all the big guns. Like he did, if he did it fine. If you saw him, you'd like him. You'd yeah. like him if you if you watched them. But just as a piece of form, it's hard to put a it's hard to put a a definitive figure on it, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't like to be lashing into him at odds on for this now. You know, obviously opposition, uh, depending on the opposition, but it wouldn't be a, a a thought that would immediately appeal to me. No, no, and and if you were if you were sharp enough. If I was a bookmaker, I wouldn't be betting on these races at all. Andy posts these yeah, these it's, it's trials. This exercise, isn't it? Um, but if you're if you're smart enough to know that Mister Fisher was coming here rather than Angel's Breath, and you got you got the best of the early prices, that's great. But he, as a result, he ends up being a false favourite mm. because um, the few firms who have laid bets on him want to, you know, are, want to duck him, and he ends up being backed into you know say let's say he's backed into four to five or eight to eleven. That's not because he's a four to five or eight to eleven shot. It's because firms who've, who've laid bets on him a bigger don't want to be taken anymore. Yeah. Um, and he's liable to drift to a, to a bigger price in the day. Difficult to say what price that's going to be without knowing what the makeup of the rest of the field is. Um, well, you, you'd imagine you said, one that's going to turn up is is bright forecast for Ben Pauling. Yes. In the old old and eighty colours. Yeah. Um, I wasn't blown away by him last time, if I'm honest. He kind of he didn't he, he nicked a good few lengths at the start and made the run, and then he was a bit thought he was a bit messy in places now, and he, he was good and strong in the run in, but it just wasn't a performance that really set me alight. Now with a view to going up in class. No, there wasn't an awful lot to learn from from the Leicester race. I didn't think, um, as you said, once you, if you're able to nick a few lengths at the start in a, in a race like that, where you got the form to win anyway. Um, and you don't have to, you're not pressed into going uh, out of your comfort zone at all, um, then there's there's not a hell of a lot to learn from it. But of course, you know, it, it works both ways. Um, horses are not um, asked to do everything they can, can look unimpressive and workmanlike. 
when if they were asked to do more, they might end up running out a, a more impressive winner. Humble Hero, who was second, has been beaten again since. Um, and yeah, you, you certainly wouldn't be going going mad about the um, the bare form at all. You know, you, you could easily have a um, a horse who, who'd uh, run that race um, in different circumstances at a bigger price from a different stable who'd be 10 times the price that uh, my forecast is here. But um, you, you'd concentrate largely on the um, on the debut effort at Newbury on the basis that these big field novice hurdles at Newbury usually turn out to be good affairs that are a very good um, uh, guide to the future. Dashiell Drasher, who was 30 and was beaten the next time out, but then won um, subsequently. Um, at Chepstow, that ended up being a slightly weaker race, but he won very easily. And that form is beginning to work out well. Uh, Melchior King, who was only six, was a winner next time as well. Howling Milan, back in eighth, absolutely bolted up the other day. Uh, West of the Bridge, another one who won. So that, that's, that form is working out really well. And that, that's a better guide um, to his merits than, um, than the Leicester win. Well, it's a race that's been won by Cheltenham Festival winners Neon Wolf, who unfortunately is no longer with us. Cinders and Ashes, Peddler's Cross over the last 10 years. But it's really about <sighs> bright forecasts, Mr. Fisher, Angel's Breath, in terms of crossing them between Ascot and, and Haydock. They're the three, realistically, that we're looking at and we'll have to wait and see how it all unfolds. So just the one more race for us to talk about on the Saturday before we move over to Ireland for Sunday. And it's the new one, Unibet Hurdle. Ah, the new one. Uh, Silver streak for Evan Williams, who's been saying he thinks the horse could run a big race in the champion hurdle. Right. Uh, brain power for Nicky Henderson at 72. Moya, the county hurdle winner last season and Western rider who continues to frustrate 9-2. Richard Johnson again booked to ride uh, Global Citizen and Vision the Flow in here as well. Um, Rory, your thoughts on this race and its potential impact on the champion hurdle at Cheltenham? Uh, I don't think it's going to make a massive um, impact on the uh, on the champion hurdle. We've seen, um, we've seen better renewals um, off this, it looks it looks competitive on paper, I have to say, uh, and there's some nice types in it, but I don't think anything's going to do enough to suddenly um, uh, turn it into a um, into a champion hurdle contender if they're not already. Um, Brian Parr, I suppose, is the is the one to um, uh, to beat on form, but you know we know all about um, Brian Parr, don't we? Um, it was he was um, he was well suited by the weights um, last time out when beating Silver Streak uh, in in what was a rather disappointing international hurdle. Um, that was on softer ground than he would than he would prefer, I suppose, and a flat track ought to suit him. Um, but he's just been he's never been a horse that you can you can trust implicitly, mm. um, and you wouldn't want to back him anti post for anything. So. He's the one. He's the one to beat um, on the ratings. Um, Silver Streak will will definitely run his race. He is ultra reliable. Surprised to hear Evan Williams talking him up for anything. That's not the, that's not the Evan Williams style. It's really know. not. He was highly dismissive of him going into the uh, the Greatwood. Highly dismissive. Yeah. I mean, there he went what? Uh, and now he's saying, "Oh, he run a big race in the Champion Hurdle." What? Yeah, he's got to he's got to improve um, to do that. But he's been improving all the time. Um, he's a really likable horse. He's um, he'd be suited by the the conditions, which are 
again, I'm, I, I don't know what the weather is going to do. Um, there has been a little bit of rain around, but um, I'm nowhere near Hayter, but it's, uh, it's blue skies all around again here. So um, I think um, the idea that we're suddenly going to get soft ground after a day or two of rain is, um, is probably wishful thinking. Um, I, I'd probably um, go with Silver Streak as it stands. He's a close oh. distance winner as well. Um, and he's just pretty much the likeliest to to run his race. You know, I, I said early in the season, I think Western Riders got a decent race um, in him. I've always thought it was the bet for a hurdle, to be honest. And um, this sharpish two miles, I don't think suits him ideally, uh, which puts me off him in this contest. I'll tell you what, if Rory was running a professional tipping service like hello and welcome along to rory's hotline and we've got a good one for you today if he started sighing about the race like <laughs> you'd know that he doesn't really believe in what he's putting up and yeah i think your assessment of that race is is meh uh, the new one dominated this race for four consecutive years from 2015 to 2018 so it is nice to see them honor him um, we'll allow this name change. This name change makes sense. Uh, Kevin, are you in Brain Powers camp? Well, I'll tell you, sir, I got a horse for you. <laughs> I have a horse for you. His name is Brain Power. He's trained by Nicky Henderson, and he's going to win. He's going to win. You see, last time on International Hurdle, he beat that silver streak. He beat them all ends up for a turn of foot. The race was over. They could have called off the race at the final flight. He done them for a turn of foot. That was at Cheltenham. This is at Haydock. Speed track, man. Speed track. And I'll tell you what. He's six pounds worse off, but he's going to win anyway. So you take your money, you steal some more, you put it all on brain power, and it goes and wins. <laughs> there you go. That enough enthusiasm? Would you subscribe to my premium rate tipping line with that enthusiasm? The, the <laughs> premium rate go rob some money Kevin Blake tipping line. <laughs> take those choker boxes, put it all on brain power. <laughs> And you've got the you've the wrong idea entirely here. You've got to spend the first five minutes talking about the horse that you mentioned yesterday and how easily he won. No, 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 no. What you have to do is no, no. You're both wrong. What you have to do is you have to spend the first five minutes talking about. But first of all, the going and the going is crucial. Let's talk about how that's gonna because this is gonna be key for our main selection. And then you have to talk about. I'm here, I'm here the, in the new market gallops, big fella. And, and then you have to say, and all right, big fella. The boss has flown in on his private helicopter. He's taking us all out to a lobster dinner after this horse wins. That's how much we fancy this horse today. And that horse is... Please insert one pound to continue this call. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I do actually fancy brain power. <laughs> You're mad to fancy brain power. He's six, he's six pounds worse off with Silver Streak. But lads, coming down to the last, the race was all over. He'd done him for a big time for a turn of foot now. Big time. He was he was definitely value for six lengths. Six lengths plus. And um, he, he's six lengths worse off here for officially a length and three quarters. But he's worth way more than that. And I think this course and distance will suit him better than um, it will suit Silver Streak and um, Moed uh, Mo as well. You know, I think Brian Power is just faster than these. And that, that was his first start over hurdles for like a year and a half. So... Item. He, he could just be a little bit better for it, um, having adjusted to the smaller obstacles and um, all 
over the top American tipping methods aside, I, I do actually quite fancy it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, your Don King impression was a good one, Kevin. And if you do decide <laughs> to run a Don King style tipping service, I'm sure it'll do well for you. Um, to be fair, Michael Buckley was the one who insisted on going back over hurdles and yeah. proved right that day. So we'll, we'll see if it continues to prove right. Uh, we'll go to Ireland, shall we? The Horse and oh, Jockey yes. Hotel Chase. Hmm. Otherwise known as the Kinlock Bray, but doesn't even have it said registered as the Kinlock Bray. It's the Horse and Jockey. If it wasn't for the fact that the steak in a Horse and Jockey is some of the finest steak around, and make sure to get their pepper sauce as well. Just tell them Kenner sent you. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be okay with that. So Sizing John again is not entered, which is disappointing. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Invitation Only, and I thought he ran with nice promise behind he shaped well for a long time before getting thrashed by album photo but I, I would like to think he'll come on a ton for that um just with invitation only quick warning he is amongst the market leaders for the ts days next week so he could potentially go there instead and willie mullins has got a good record in that but willie mullins horses are running hmm at the moment a uh, total recall in here as well and then there's Probably arguably the most interesting one. Uh, Noel Mead's horse. Do it on me. Uh, Kevin, you <laughs> take it away. Take it away. I was Kevin. waiting for it. <laughs> um, total Recall. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with Total Recall. I think he's been put in as Fav, um, and which is probably understandable based on the official ratings. However, um, yeah, I just think he'd probably prefer going further. Like He's a horse that goes along with, with a lot of spark that would suggest that he might be okay over shorter. And he ran fine around Tremor. Um, but I think going back to three miles would be a help to him. He is what I would call a kind of an erratic jumper. He can um, he, he can get chancy at times uh, and careless even. So he, he's just not a horse I'd ever want to really hang my hat on. I think the, the real good days when he was... When he was rated, you know, whatever he was when he joined Willie Mullins, those were the days to be with Total Recall. But right now, um, they'll just be boxing around in, the, in these races, hoping to, to land one. He is, he's a 10-year-old. He has good miles on the clock, whereas to a part of me, as you might say, is, <laughs> is um, less exposed. He's only a six-year-old. I suppose he's had plenty of racing for a six-year-old, but um, he's improved significantly since joining Noel Mead from Mouse Morris. Um, whether that improvement is down to the trainer's switch or the fact that Noel Mead has stepped him up in trip, I'd be probably inclined to go with the former. Um, I'd expect him to be fine back over this mid-range trip. Um, he was very impressive in the Troy Town. He, he bolted up, um, got raised £12 pounds, um, and, and earned it. And, and I know, as we've talked about before, it's one thing to go and beat a bunch of older exposed handicap chasers and it's you'd have to say it wasn't a it wasn't a, a high class Troy town i think by any stretch of the imagination um it's one thing to do that but then to step up into open company open graded company it's a different thing so he'll come here with something to prove he's rated 150 now and he's going to have to prove that he's up to it i suspect he will be up to it and um just bear in mind now, lads, that the ground at Turles on Sunday, it's officially good. I would expect it to be spicy enough now. 
Um, there ain't a whole lot of rain. I'm about 20 minutes away and there ain't a whole lot of moisture knocking around this neck of the woods at the minute. Nor is there any um, rain forecast over the weekend either. And we so know are, are we suggesting we know. good to spicy all over or good with good to spicy places? Good good to spicy places, I'd say. Right, <laughs> yeah, so I just bear that in mind. And that's all. If you're thinking about getting involved in the, the anti-post markets for a couple of these races as well, and they're already betting on this race, I know um, the declarations, these races could cut up because it, it, it'll be quick enough now. Um, at Thurless on Sunday, I suspect, but I don't think that would be a big barrier to two A per me if he can uh, go up and down the hills of Navan there and good ground. I'm sure he'll be grand around Thurless. It won't be a barrier uh, to him, but it will be a barrier to the favourite Total Recall. Quite possibly, yeah, quite possibly. So my selection, um, as you have probably gathered by now, would be two way per me. Yeah, and I'd weigh in behind you as well. I think he's a very, very interesting horse for Noel Mead, uh, Rory. What were you saying about Gordon Elliott form? And saying about Gordon. Um, I think you mentioned Gordon's form. Willie Mullins. Form. Or you mentioned Willie's form. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, yes. Gordon's would be not quite as concerning as Willie's, but definitely there was something there around Christmas. And Gordon, yeah. has, Gordon has mentioned that himself um, the other day at the Dublin Racing Festival launch. These, um, yeah, they're 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 running well at, a, at an ordinary level. He's at 13... 13 uh, winners at nearly twenty percent strike rate since the turn of the year, so I wouldn't um, I wouldn't get too hung up on on Gordon's at the moment. Oh, no, but Gordon, um, Gordon's fine. It's Willie's the concern. Yeah, I oh, know. But uh, Kevin was saying this. You know, there have been questions raised about about Gordon's overall form as well. But um, uh, I I find this a very hard race to to really get into, mainly because it reads like a three mile chase, mm. doesn't it? And it's not. It's a two and a half mile uh, contest, and it's frequently um, uh, you know, been populated by by uh, decent um, uh, two miners at times in the past. Although uh, Don Cossack was a was a dual winner, of course. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm I'm not massively keen to to, to get involved. I, I would I would tend to come down on uh, two a per me as well. Um, for all um, for all his win last time again was over three miles, um, but he does have. Um, he does have form at two and a half prior to that, and he he'd be a default choice. But it's not a race I'm looking forward to particularly. Looking at the entries. Okay. Well, we'll move on then to the final race that we're going to discuss, which is the Order of Saint George, Coolmore, National Hunt, Sires, Irish EBF Mares, Novice Chase, Grade Two. Just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> uh, two miles, four and a half furlongs, two forty at Thurles. Um, Camille de Cot for William Mullins has been on quite the winning streak uh, did throw in a bad one behind La Richburg, but um, four wins if you take that one out uh, Mary Devier is in here although Kevin was pointing out the other day the connections were saying she might never run again and Red Hot Philly Peppers can now actually show what she's capable of now that she's no longer handicapped by Mr. David Dunstan and uh, has the likes of David and Paul on board and can prove herself to be the very, very talented mayor that she is and was good against Whisper in the Breeze and really good last time out when a strong favourite and I'd be interested in her against Rich Ritchie's mayor were it not for the fact that Willie Mullins' form concerns me. Kev? Well, David Dunstan, he won twice on her. Yeah, and should have won a whole lot more on her. 
God almighty. (laughs) How dare he spend his money and do what he wants. (laughs) Exactly. Ruining the game for everybody else. Um, I I think Camellia Ducati will be... That day in Sandown was a disgrace. Absolute (laughs) disgrace. Um, Yeah, Camellia Ducati is going to be really tough to beat here, despite the fact that she is giving weight away to all. Um, What I would hope, and it might happen, what I would hope will happen here is that the market gets a small bit carried away with what Mary Devi seemed to do last time and makes Camille Ducat a bigger price because I, I don't think uh, Mary Devi did a whole lot the last day. I haven't, I haven't looked back on it since um, since we last spoke about it. Uh, there was that high school days that obviously came down. I thought Mary Devi might, might well have won anyway, but you look at the overall, you look at the time of the race compared to some of the other chases on the card, and ooh, it's slow, slow. And I, it's just, I'd say it's windy form. And Camille Ducat has achieved so much more um, in her chasing career to date. And she only has to give away Mary Devi three pounds. Um, and I'd be really disappointed if she can't beat her on those terms. Roy Delargy? I'd say that I roughly feel the same way, but I'm going to, I'll, I'll, I'll provide a counterpoint for the sake, well, not just for the sake of it. You can look at Sam Mary Devi's um, win in two ways at Nice. Yes, it was, a, it was a moderate time, but it was a moderate time because it was a slowly run race, as the, the closing sectional shows. Um, and when that's the case, horses who come from, from behind um, can be better than they look um, in doing so, you know, clearly, if you go with slow pace, it's it tends to be an advantage to be handy in those uh, in those scenarios. And if you're held up off the pace and the, everything's quickening in the straight, it's harder to look impressive. But she looked pretty impressive in the end. Uh, for all, Grey Waters is is no superstar, and I think rather than her taking a chunk out of the market to make Camellia de Cost a bigger price, I think she'll be largely ignored. I think most people will take the view that Kevin does, that why would Willie have got rid of her in the first place if he thought she was going to make into a, um, a proper graded chaser? Um, and they will say, well, the form, of, the form last time isn't that solid, and she might not have won anyway if the favourite hadn't fallen, and um, look at the time, and yada, yada, yada. And I think what ends up happening is that Camille de Cock was off very short, Mary Devee ends up going off two or three points bigger than she might do based on how your price is up at this stage. And she might end up being the value. Interesting. Interesting. There is one final race to talk about uh, very, very briefly. And in this race, we have got some very, very interesting entries. Venetian DeMay, Uccella Conti, Crush Linen, Home Farm. But... <laughs> Call me Bubbles. But... This is your moment. This is your time. But are you going to step up and capture this moment? Are you prepared to put your money in your pocket or your virtual wallet and place your money where your mouth is and actually turn your cash into gold, into pure and utter profit? Because this has been the long-term plan. A sighter last season at Cheltenham. The one run this season. Here it comes. You know what you need in life? You need ambition. You need 
burning ambition. You need burning ambition in your life because he wins at the weekend and then he wins under Jamie Carter Cheltenham and you can get 14 to 1. Take it. Take that ambition. Take that burning ambition and punish the bookmakers. <laughs> punish them! Now is the time. Now is the uh, moment. Take, take your money and put it all on the son of Scorpion. He can't be beaten, lads. <laughs> he cannot be beat. Four to one favorite he went off in the end. I blame us for that. <sighs> Uh, at Cheltenham last season when finishing behind Pasha de Polder. Uh, nice to see Pasha de Polder back in action. Probably more importantly, nice to see his jockey back in action as well because she's been through Helen back, Harriet Tucker. Uh, so lovely to see them back in action. But Burning Ambition absolutely eats this lot alive at the weekend. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. Cannot wait to see it. Uh, do you want to add anything into that, Kev? No, no, no. I don't think I could possibly find anything to add to that. Rory? (laughs) Uh, Well, no one one should be adding to that, should they? Um, Quite frankly. That'll do. So um, Burning Ambition is my my best bet of the weekend, and it's my best bet of the weekend for Cheltenham. (laughs) Go bet anti-post on the Fox Hunters, take the 16 to 1, and then kick back, relax, and... I don't know if you can watch it or not, but anyway, once you, you see any, the old... Do you have any idea whether he'll handle the ground? Not a bother to him. Ground? Ground <laughs> is no problem. There's no problem to this horse. This horse devours this bunch. Devours them. <laughs> he eats it. This, this, this horse could have been a grade one winner, but they deliberately went down to Hunter Chase, right? Because they were like, we're going to take this. You think John Magner's throwing money at this horse for the crack? It's been the long-term plan, baby. Jamie Codd, don't disappoint. Uh, best bet of the weekend, lads. Roy DeLarge, your best bet probably comes in that uh, race at Haydock, I should imagine. Uh, Peter Marsh, uh, Robbins for us, yeah. Excellent. And Kevin? Brain power. You're off your game. But we can do uh, a patent and um, oh. and make a few quid. Yeah, make a few quid. An invention? What? I've... What have you invented? <laughs> Burning ambition is an anti-post certainty for Cheltenham. Uh, I've really enjoyed recording it. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you for once again having us in the top 10 of Apple Podcasts. We're a horse racing show. Nobody cares about charts. I'll tell you what. There's a lot of people who do. And the fact that a horse racing show is in the top 10 of Apple Podcasts means that our (laughs) listeners are absolute legends. Reach one, teach one. If you haven't told your colleagues, your friends, your family yet about the Final Forum podcast, reach one, teach one. Go and do it. Introduce people to the show. Um, from Kevin Blake. Show, show, show them the charts. That's really impressive. Oh, yeah, do. Do. Go, how, is, how is a racing podcast in the top 10, in the top five, for that matter, as well? Uh, no, it really is fantastic. Thank you very, 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 very much. Really appreciate it. And it means That's, a lot. Whenever, and Ken, we're now, whenever Kennedy, but and whenever we're now Kennedy, available, but, by the way, on Spotify and Stitcher as well. So you can listen to us there too if you would like as well. If, if that suits you a little bit better, you can listen to us there too. From Kevin Blake. <laughs> Good luck. From Rory Delargy. All the best. Kevin has no idea he got faded out. Uh, and ah. from me, Emma Kennedy, we are back with you on Tuesday. You can blame Kevin for that. Until then, have a great weekend. God bless. Have you downloaded the free app, The Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without.
Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.